Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Now's a good time to call in. We'll, we will be doing some interviews, our weekly interview with the McNeese State play-by-play announcer, Tom Hafer, in the next segment. After that, open phone lines the rest of this hour. And in the first segment of the second hour, um, after that, we'll be speaking with some old friends, Gerald Broussard at 1015, and Walter Guillory, who we haven't spoken for a while, and I haven't gotten a chance to talk to Walter since um, the Astros won the World Series. And so looking forward to... uh, See, Walter's one of the calming influences in my life. Every time I tell you, don't worry, it's going to be okay. They're going to get it done. And, you know, I'm nervous and pacing and pins and needles, and he's like, don't worry, it's okay. They're going to get it done. And this time, Walter was absolutely correct. And boy, am I glad about it anyway. And I know all Astro fans are. So I think Walter's got some use for us, and so we're going to be talking to him at about 10.35. I got to tell you, it was a good basketball game last night. Cajuns and Louisiana Tech. Look, you know, it's silliness. I, you know, I'm sure they're, they're blame on both sides. I think a lot of it's on the Tech side, at least from my perception. But anyway, it doesn't matter. In football, they should play every year or at least two out of every three years. They just should. Um, I, You know, but, but the real rivalry is in men's basketball between Louisiana Tech and UL. And it goes back, you know, they've played like 160 times. I mean, it it is, I mean, it goes back a long way. And, you know, there have been times, there have been stretches where, you know, like when I was in middle school, UL's biggest rival was Lamar. Now, McNeese was a big rival. But the the team that they hated the most was Lamar. And those were great games. But they had stretches. You know, in the early 70s, it was probably Louisiana Tech. That was a little little bit before my time. I mean, I was there. I was young, though. Um, I remember seeing the, the games. I vaguely remember going to the games. But 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 I didn't really know. You know, I was four and five and six years old. I didn't really uh, know what was going on. Not really, really. So, um, but no, Louisiana Tech has always kind of been there. And, you know, it was a, in the 80s when the Coral Bowl, man, I, I still remember the first time I saw this ginormous freshman named Coral Malone. And I'm like, oh, no, this is going to be bad. <laughs> this is going to be bad for, four, for three or four years. Uh, this is going to be really bad. Um, but, um, no, it, 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 great game. We talked about it yesterday. Coach Marlin, since he's been here, 
they have always played pretty well against against Louisiana Tech. It, it, it's it's good. I mean, it's a good team to do it against, no question. But it's um, it's really nice. Look, last night the Cajuns were behind for 32 of the 40 minutes in the game. Most of the game they were behind. And Louisiana Tech just kept making shots and making shots and making shots. It's like, man, we're like six, seven minutes, maybe eight minutes into the second half, and they still six, they're still shooting 61% from three-point land. Like, not even the field. Like, they're making 61% of their three-pointers like eight minutes into the second half. And and the Cajuns are down 11, and you're like, man, are they ever going to stop making shots? Because the Cajuns really weren't playing that bad. It's just, just Louisiana Tech just kept making shot after shot after shot. It was unbelievable. And um, what about, I don't know, 11 minutes and something left. They the Cajuns got a turnover, and then they scored, and then McNeese. I mean McNeese. Louisiana Tech finally missed the shot, and then they got another turnover on the inbounds play, and three straight trips without a score. The Cajuns scored, and that sparked a nineteen to three run for the Cajuns, and. They took the lead, and they, you know, we talked about it yesterday. I'm not a big fan of missed free throws. I'm really not. I don't like. I hate missing field goals, and I hate missing free throws. Cajuns missed ten free throws last night, and yet Greg Williams saved the day. Greg Williams started being the one that got the ball in his hands. They fouled him. He went eight for eight at the free throw line to finish with 16 points. Um in only 22 minutes of play, but he was the one that down the stretch that helped the Cajuns put it away, and they won 94-88. to Now, obviously, if you're a defensive fan, fan of defensive basketball, or, de- you know, and Coach Marlin like, talks about defense all the time, you know, I'm sure that the Cajuns need to improve on defense, but some of these, a fair amount of the, you know, of these shots that Tech was making, you just got to give Tech credit, too. I mean, they they were just knocking down shots. Tech still shot 52% from for the field, from the field for the game. They made 13 out of 14 free throws. The difference was the Cajuns shot 18 more free throws because the Cajuns are more of an inside team with Terrence Lewis and Jordan Brown, and, and Tech's a little more perimeter-oriented. So they didn't get to the free throw line as much. Uh, the Cajuns out-rebounded them by 10. They made 18 more free throws, and they won by six. So it was, um, you know, pretty well played. The Cajuns had 13 turnovers. That's not, I mean, that's a fair amount, but that's pretty good. Tech only had 11 turnovers, so it's a pretty well-played game. And uh, I thought it was, you know, the atmosphere was good. The... Um, Let's see. I don't know if I have the announced crowd here or not. I'm 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 uh, I'm not seeing it here. Maybe it's let's see. The crowd attendance was 3181. But it was it the crowd was pretty into it. They had a pretty good group of students. And you know, I again, I understand there are some people who are hesitant because they feel like they've bought in before and it didn't finish well. Again, there's there, there's no look folks, there's 
there's no guarantees in this stuff, being a fan. Uh, there are no guarantees, but there are a lot of people who are very hesitant. I'm just telling you, if you, if you could have gone to the game last night and you missed it, you missed a good game. It's a pretty good atmosphere, pretty well played. Now, again, I'm a little worried, and I, I've just seen two of the games. I didn't see the two games in North Carolina. but And Centenary game didn't even count. But I'm a little worried that they're getting – and there's nothing wrong with it, but I'm wondering long-term if it's going to bite them a little bit at times, that they're getting all their scoring from like five or six guys. Now, that's not two or three guys, so I'm not saying this is necessarily bad, but – they're getting a lot of scoring from five or six guys and not a lot from, like, the last three or four. Now, that's not all that uncommon. But, um, you know, if two or three of those guys are off on a given night, that could that could spell trouble, could spell a little trouble. So we'll see. Now, that doesn't mean they're not getting contributions from other guys. Like, Michael Thomas came in. He played 12 minutes. I thought he did a good job. He only turned it over once, and you know I don't. I'm not remembering exactly what that looked like right now, but I don't remember him doing anything. I was like, oh, that was bad. I, I I thought he did well when he came in. Um, you know, Themis folks is 0 for 4 at the line. Point guards have to make free throws. Have to make free throws. I don't know who's in charge of the music at the Cajun Dome, but what about? Three minutes to go, I think it was. The Cajuns are up maybe six. And they're playing na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Hey, hey, goodbye. I'm like, oh, no, that's a bad idea. It's way too early for that. Way too early. I said three minutes. Maybe it was 30-some seconds. I don't remember. Anyway, there was... I don't have my notes in front of it. I just remember thinking, and I even tweeted out, I was like, it's way too early to be playing this song. So what happens? Themis goes to the line and uh, misses two free throws. They go down and make two free throws. All of us, and then they get a steal, and all of a sudden, the Cajuns are up two. Fortunately, they fouled Greg, and he went to the line. He made two free throws, and then they got a stop, and they made two more free throws right at the buzzer, and they won. But, man, that, that can't happen. Can't be playing na 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 when the game before the game's over. That's bad. I said who I said whoever did that needs to be rebuked. They needed to be rebuked. You can't be doing that stuff. What came to mind for me, for you old school UL fans, is up twenty three seconds with five, up five with twenty three seconds to go at Tennessee in nineteen. What was that? Eighty five, and um, a certain play by play announcer said you can go to the refrigerator now and he said something like you can go to the refrigerator now and get whatever I forget exactly what he said basically it's time to celebrate and eh, didn't happen total heartbreak total heartbreak so um no no na 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 before the game's really over none of that that was bad but the but the um the the game was good Terrence Lewis man I I I I after this, the day after the Sittenary game, I said, the thing that impressed me the most was Terrence Lewis. And he goes to North Carolina. He's the tournament MVP. And look, he, he he's not – he's not a – I wouldn't say he's a great player. 
He's just really good. He just does. He's very. He's extremely efficient. He can rebound. He had 23 points on 9 of 11 shooting from the field. He doesn't take a lot of wild shots. He takes good shots. He had three steals. He had two assists. He had 12 rebounds in 31 minutes. And he's just highly efficient, highly productive, and he's just he just he's a basketball player. He just knows how to play basketball. And that sounds crazy like I say it sometimes. So and so is a football player. Well, not, you know, not everybody fits. Even though they play football, I don't call everybody who plays football a football player when you say it like that. This Terrence Lewis is very impressive. And, and between him and if Themis can make free throws, I like a lot of things that Themis does, and I like a lot of the things that Michael Thomas does when he comes in. So, um, you know, there there's some gaps being filled there. I, I was it was it was really a good game, and um, you know we'll see how Chancellor White progresses as the season goes on. Um, you know, Joe Charles can do little things. Jalen Dalcourt, I thought, did a really nice job coming off the bench. When the Cajuns were struggling offensively early, he came in, he made four out of five three-pointers, and and he kind of kept the offense going early, had a couple steals, made a, did, a, did a really nice job uh, defensively while he was in there. He didn't play a lot of minutes, only 16, but they were highly productive, 16 minutes with, with 12 points. So, uh, he did a good job, and so I could see on a on a given night where where Jalen can you know score sixteen eighteen points. So, uh, very very nice win. Congratulations to the Cajuns, and we'll see how it progresses. It, you know they go to they go to SMU on Tuesday, and then they go to Drake. How many people know where Drake is? I think that's in Iowa. Pretty sure that's Des Moines, Iowa. But anyway. Um, not a lot of, you know, I Drake is not a school that we talk a lot about. And uh but no, a cool name. And uh yeah, it's in Des Moines, Iowa. Um but yeah, that you know, gets a little tougher, but Tech was good. I mean, that was a good win. No question. Good win. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back shift gears to McNeese State football with uh Cowboy play-by-play announcer Tom Hafer next on the game. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update. Presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome Back to footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Um, oh, no. All right. Before actually having a little, um, an old, an old colleague of mine used to call it atmospheric conditions. We're having some atmospheric conditions. Um, before we get to whatever we're going to do next, which I know we're going to do next if we, if it, if it doesn't happen, but anyway, um, I want to tell you about mud cat whiskers. Good. You get a great deal at acadianadeals.com. 
Today, you can get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for just $15, half price. That's a $30 deal for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today, and you can get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for only $15. All right. While some of us were watching the Cajuns last night beat Louisiana Tech 94-88, to to improve to 4 0 on the season. Some of you, some of the rest of us, were um, watching Thursday night football. The Tennessee Titans, if people ask me all the time, or I don't know about all the time, but I've been asked fairly often if the Saints or the Astros moved away, who would you be a fan of? And in baseball, there's just no way. I wouldn't be. A, the answer is I wouldn't be a fan of anyone. You know, I really, I wouldn't be a fan of anyone. In baseball, I, I don't. I don't know if there is anyone. I, I don't think there's anyone I would even mildly follow. I don't think so. Again, like any any hypothetical, until you're in a situation, you don't really know what you would do. But in football, the team that I currently I don't I don't like them because they own the Saints. So actually, in in one way, I hate them. I hate playing them for sure. They absolutely, absolutely own the Saints, and I want no part of ever playing them. And thank you NFL for you know making the them the the extra game last year. Appreciate that. Um, it, but I love the way they play and the way they just mess up everyone's thinking about football. And, of course, I'm talking about the Tennessee Titans. I, I I, wouldn't become a Tennessee Titan fan if the Saints just disappeared for whatever reason. But I, um, I do really appreciate the way they play. It's not pretty football, but it's uh, they, they know how to play football. And um, it, it, is, it is last night. They went to Green Bay, and they beat them. And I love the the QW narrative. I love it. Well, actually, it aggravates me. But, okay, so Aaron Rodgers, two-time MVP. This is what I'm hearing. I'm hearing all this talk. Well, they might not have to think about getting rid of Aaron Rodgers. He might be washed up. Like, two years ago, he was the MVP. Last year, he was the MVP. They shift some things around. They make a big trade. He doesn't have a much talent around him. Oh, now the MVP is, he's kind of starting to look washed up. So in one year, he went from a two-time MVP to washed up. That's the mindset of the QW. Like, Maybe he was a really good quarterback last year who had good pieces around him that that he meshed with, and it worked. When those pieces aren't there, he can't be Captain America to come down from Mount Olympus to save the day. Oh, he's kind of washed up now. Maybe they ought to move on. I mean, it's just the whole QW mentality just drives me bonkers. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Howdy, hey, sir. M- maybe Devontae Adams is that good, you know. 
Well, again, Devontae Adams must not be that good because he ain't doing anything in, in the, with the Raiders. And what I'm saying is it has to do with some guys just have connections. And, you know, it's it's a team game. You you, you depend on one another. This idea of, of building these guys up to larger than life, I just don't know why people feel like they have to do that. Well, I know. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, I, I, they – they didn't put enough stock in Devontae Adams leaving, you know? No, I, I, no, right, you know correct. What I'm saying? He, yes. He's an yes. all-pro receiver. Yes. And it's like, well, let's see how Aaron Rodgers does when he's throwing to Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson, you know? And, I agree. Um, so I'm watching the game last night, and, uh, well, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched some of it. Well, it must be nice that when it's third and short, to be able to just run for a first down. Like, well, we cannot do that, you know what I'm saying? Well, uh, until until Henry, Henry right up the middle and, and get a first down. Until two games ago, the Saints were leading the NFL in converting third and ones. Believe it or not, but the last couple games, it just—I don't know—it just hadn't happened. And uh, you know, obviously, it wasn't going to happen it's against the Steelers. Probably just like the offensive line or something. I don't know. Well, I, I think you—they just—you know—some players are going to judge. You're not going to just be able to keep running seven. And of course, another thing is they stop running him. Yeah. Like he on what has he like, had five touches in the last two games? It's like once once you get stuffed a couple of times, they just stop. Yeah, you can't just give up. I mean, they're gonna stop you sometimes. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly, but I'm just like sitting there watching it. No, look, it's fun and to like, be able to run the football. <laughs> but the problem is, like, I'm, I'm watching Alvin Kamara run up the middle uh, on like third and short, oh, I hate and that. he just falls down, yeah, bro. He just like, gets he, touched he gets and he falls, and falls down. down. Yeah, he just falls down. Don't you know, even, don't even don't even dive for the first down. He just falls down. You know, I, I when when Ricky was a when Ricky was a rookie, I, my my nickname for him that first year began and started to be Ricky Fall Down. I called him because he would fall. He would just fall down. So I'm, I might have to start calling him. Um, I don't know Z twenty eight fall down. down. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Camara, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know if that sounds too good, but I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's way too much of that. But 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 getting back to what you said about the Titans, like I heard some commentary this morning, and they're talking. And again, I'm not saying the guy was totally wrong, but 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 it, but it, it's not what happened last year. Like he was like, oh, Tannehill looked good last night, but when they get in the playoffs, he's not going to be able to throw the ball like that, and they're going to have trouble winning. Well, the reason why they didn't win last year is because they had a third and one in the fourth quarter with the game on the line in plus territory. They got stuffed on third and one, and they got stuffed on fourth and one. If they do, if they would have just done what they did. Better, they'd have beat the Bengals. Yeah. That's and, you know, like, I, I hear you. But uh, another thing about the Titans, right, uh, like, I, I got a couple friends that were like, well, who won in this situation between A.J. Brown and, you know, the Titans getting trail on Burks? And, like, they're, they're telling me it's a clear winner. It's like, man, they, they didn't even give trail on Burks time to, like, you know, to see what he can do, right? Or just give him time. They're telling me he's a clear winner. But, like, what has A.J. Brown done lately? And Traylon Burke just caught, you know, so many passes for 100 yards. Well, just, you know, Traylon Burks is doing better. He got off to a slow start. It seemed like he was sick and injured. He got hurt. off to a slow start. But, yeah. but look, it doesn't matter what their numbers are. 
All it if I'm a Tennessee Titan fan, it only matters that I win. Like I want to know, like all the Yankee fans, Aaron Judge won the MVP. I mean, your day is made. You walking around today with a big smile on your face. You got that really good feeling in your heart about the way the season ended. But you got the MVP, so I mean, it's great. Yeah. People worry Damn. about that junk too much. Numbers and I know, man. awards and all that like, junk. Why? Just give the man a chance to to show what he can do. You know. Before you go and judge him, and just throw him down the toilet, you know? No, that's fair. Uh-huh. That's fair. Anyway. All right, Kevin. Appreciate Thank it. you. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. Got a little more time to get in than we thought we were uh, going to get today, and that's okay. It's a Friday. We can handle it. Well, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm convinced that you bring up these topics Try to get me banned from this station. <laughs> no, trust no, me. No, I'm serious, man. I'm trust serious. Me. You, you really trying to get me banned? What did this, I bring? Wh- which topic am I talking about that you met, that you mad at me about? No, I'm not mad. Like <clears throat> I'm cheering that you bringing it up. I, hey, man. Like like you said, Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. All of a sudden, like, I got I hearing like some of these comments, man, and. Like I said, man, I have to be, you know, I'm, I'm being cool today, even though it is cool. You know, I'm warm right now. But just the idea, man, you know, just this, it's not even microwave. It's not even microwave society anymore, man. It's not, what's quicker than a microwave? I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like the, like the, the topic, the take just changed so quickly that it's yes. so like, it's so knee jerk, it's unbelievable. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. No, like, I come on, man. We know we know Aaron Rodgers is not done. We know that. You know, like we're not looking at it for what it is, man. You know, he he was used to a certain type of receiver. That receiver is not there. But this is what I say. If he's really a true MVP, he should go out there and, and develop some of these young guys that's on his team. You know, Adams didn't um I don't think Adam started out the way he, you know, he became this all pro receiver. So why, you know, it's going to take time. Like, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I don't understand. He's kind of, he's an older quarterback. I think he's like 39, something like that. So, he, you know, he's kind of, maybe he has two, three more years. But to sit up here and just think that he's, that he's done, like he's just, like you said, he's not an MVP caliber quarterback. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go that, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm not going to go that far to say that, you know. Teams make MVPs, not individuals. That's what people don't get. That's what they don't get. Well, you know what? Hey, hey, you know what's a good con- Hey, okay, Wayne Gretzky. See, he, I, I, I know, I know, that's a hockey player, but this man won MVP like eight, nine years in a row at one point. You know what I'm saying? Um, we talk about. Well, you know, the NBA could have done that with Jordan or someone like Will Chamberlain. They could have just named them just MVP every year. But like you said, it's a team-oriented game. Like, I'm – when you look back, it's kind of sad, like, how Shaq just has one MVP. Like, you know, you kind of look back. (laughs) But but like you said, it's a team-oriented game. You start looking at some of the MVPs of of that year. Yeah, no, that's crazy, man, that Shaq only has one MVP. That's crazy. But – I, I don't. I don't know, man. I'm. I, I just think we quick the right people off. It's just quick. Like the narratives change. If the Saints go on a two-game winning streak, 
man, look how different the narrative has changed. Yes, it, 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 and that's you, you why. Yeah, I struggle with that. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're, you're correct. You're correct. It, it, it's, it, it, you know, again, it's it goes back to what we talk about all the time. The and, and for most of American sports public and most, not everybody, and most of the American, if if you win, you're great. If you lose, you stink. I mean, it's just the way it is, and 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 you know, if you you know, there, there is no in between. They can't get past what they see right in front of them. They just can't. They can't get to step two or three or four. There's no peeling back layers and none of that. It's I mean, just it is what it is. Is it a, is it a generational gap? Is it is it generational? Or is it just I just this goes on. This goes. I you know story. I've heard people. I heard a philosophy, and 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 maybe and maybe it's true. It's it's what we're doing now is the reason for that. Sports talk radio, and I love sports talk radio, but it might. I think the beginning of that might have contributed, and 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 uh, to 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 that mentality because someone's like always said, yelling <laughs> negative stuff because they have to have something to say. I've heard that theory. I don't know if it's true, but I've heard that theory. No, that, that, hey, that is true, man. It is true. Hey, hey I. Str- Hey man, like you're trying to get me banned. Man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let, 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 let me get to a break so you don't get banned. Thanks, Jay. All right. Thank All right. You. We'll take a time out. Come back with more then on the first hour on a Friday. Trying to breathe. About to go to Tallahassee, where they tell me it's 39 right now. Supposed to thought. 60, 39, that ain't the same. I, I kept hearing somebody told me 60. Cody told me 60. We'll be back on the game. Stay tuned. Here on Footnotes, you may not always exactly hear what you want to hear, but you will hear what you need. And, of course, I got all these, oh, you're an idiot. And, you know, what kind of safe fan are you? Look, I'm not telling you what I want to happen. I'm telling you what's going to happen, what more than likely is going to happen. Back to more of the sports talk you need to listen to with footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, Lyle Lovett and the Acoustic Group are coming to the Hyman Performing Arts Center on Friday, February the 24th. If you would like to experience that incredible night of music, uh, tickets go on sale today, and you can get tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Once again, get your tickets today at Ticketmaster.com to see Lyle Lovett and his acoustic group at the Hyman Performing Arts Center Friday, February the 24th. All right. Game hotline, 706-0111, 706-0111. If you would like to get in, we talked a little bit of football, Monday night football, the Titans beat the Packers. I mean, that just adds to the frustration. How wide open and how dysfunctional the Saints are right now. and What an opportunity to to do it, to get something done in the NFC this year, and they just can't get out of their own way and Injuries, ineptness, and just just sickening. On one hand, um, on the other hand, for those of us who kind of like physical football, uh, downhill runners, 
you know, it, it's kind of it is kind of nice to see the Titans do pretty well. It really kind of is. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin. Yes, sir. You know, I kind of feel the same way about some of this stuff with these quarterbacks and Aaron Rodgers stuff. And now all of a sudden this morning, it's somebody dumb. His thumb was hurt a couple of weeks ago and blah, blah, blah. But even notice, it was nothing at all mentioned about the thumb last week when he looked at real good. He threw for three, four touchdowns. Everything was rolling. Ain't nothing mentioned about the thumb, man. Nothing. Now, all of a sudden, it's a thumb when they lose again. It is always some with these people, man. I'm just so sick of these guys, these quarterbacks, some of them. That's all the media do is make excuses for these people. It's a media-driven type of uh, position, I noticed, with the quarterback thing. It's all about the stardom and the glamour and everything and how much of a golden bar you are. That's all they do is prop these and, guys and up. QWs. And the people props, buy it. False narratives and everything. The same thing with Josh Allen. They did the same thing with Josh Allen. And look, don't get me wrong. You and I were the only ones probably before Josh Allen came out and said, we'll take the small school guy as the way you go, blah, blah, blah. We kind of agreed on Josh Allen. That's the way you go. Let him develop. He might turn into something special. But, man, they put these guys on pedestals. I mean, it's just it's, it's just crazy how the, the, the mentality of some of these people, of how they talk and how they view these quarterbacks. They think these quarterbacks are godly figures and stuff. And they make up all kinds of excuses. As soon as they lose, they come with this and that. It's there, this, not this fault, this and that. But that's all I ever heard his whole career, how great of a quarterback he is, how great of a passer and all this other stuff. Now he got one little receiver missing now. One one guy. They, like this one guy is he makes and breaks everything. So now you don't have Devontae Adams. That is a big, big, big thing. And what about you? I thought you was that guy. You were so great you could lift things to new levels and new heights and stuff. So where you at? What you doing? Now it's everybody else's fault and all kind of stuff. I'm just so sick of these him and Brady and all these old disgusting quarterbacks. I'm just sick of them. I'm just sick of these guys for real. Because that's all they do is pump them up, make excuses for them. Rock, Rockefeller. The fans, uh, it sound, it sound, Rockefeller, it sounds like you need to go fishing today. Oh, trust me, I'm going tomorrow, Kevin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> trust sounds me, like, I'm going tomorrow. Sounds like you need to. I'm going tomorrow. Breathe. Okay. And my girlfriend going to tell me. She going to tell me it's kind of cold this weekend to go out there, baby. It could be 10 degrees out there. As long as it ain't windy, I'm going. You have an ice fish? Oh, no, Kevin. I just crossing the line. Now, <laughs> ice fishing. I, I watch these movies <laughs> where these fools are ice fishing. I don't want to ice fish, man. <laughs> I don't want to ice fish at all. I don't understand <laughs> no, that at all, these that, cats Kevin. ice fish. But, Kevin, we got to stop that with these quarterbacks, man. Yeah, I, look, look. That. I've been leading the parade. You know what? Again, just think, just think, you, just you think preaching to the preacher. Just think if the Saints had Aaron Rodgers. Just think if the Saints had Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen and some of these guys, they're godly figures. Just think about that. Oh, I'd like to. I'd like to have someone of that stature, but I don't know about Aaron Rodgers. But anyway, I appreciate the call. Go fishing; you'll feel better. <laughs> All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Morning, Foot is the Wiseman calling. Boy, I bet you feeling good today. You got the MVP. Boy, I bet you that makes you feel good. <laughs> what do you mean I got the MVP? Last night they 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 gave Judge the MVP. The MVP. Yeah, 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 of course. You know I'm calling about Oh, that. yeah, they got the MVP. Oh, yeah, you know. I, I mean, I'm not. That's what it's all about. I mean, that's why, that's yeah. why, you, that's why you go to spring training. You, you got to do all that to get the MVP. 
No, no, we 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 do that to get the um, trophy. But I mean, we got hijacked on that one. I mean, shoot, you look. Hey, I'm glad we got the MVP. We won something this year, better than nothing. I mean, I noticed y'all trying to steal. Y'all trying to steal Rizzo. Nah. Well, the media thing. said that. We had, like again, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. It made some sense. I mean, he's a good player. Oh, I, you would have taken him. You would have taken him foot. But that's not fair that you call us Yankees and Dodgers stealing people players and all of that to win chips. I wouldn't tell I wouldn't there. want him for seventeen million, no. That's a little too uh, much. Well well, in a, in the Yankee situation, you take what you can get right now. We're trying to keep our team together and add, you know, to try to win the next championship. We got it. I didn't see nothing yet if we tied up G uh, not G um Judge yet. But by by yeah. by the way, there's a rumor out there, and I hope it's not true just because it's, you know, disgusting to people like me, but uh there's a there's a rumor out there that y'all may be going after Xander Bogarts. That would be a great pickup. No, well then that means you just have like if you're a Yankee, you should never have a Red Sox on your team. Ever. And if you're a Red Sox, you should never have a Yankee on your team ever or the whole malarkey about a rivalry is all a bunch of phony propaganda junk. There's nothing real about it then. Nothing. Babe Ruth says it all. It's not. I mean, if they want to come to us, it's not our fault. They, they weren't. They, that, 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 that was a long time ago. That was before they but were like mortal enemies. That's why they're mortal yeah. enemies. Darryl Strawberry came from the Mets. That's different. The Rocky came play for us twice. I mean, come on. Now. That's different. I mean, that means not. That, that, that's up. different. If I was the king, and boy, y'all lucky I ain't the king. But if I was the king, no Red Sox could ever play for the Yankees and vice versa. That would never be a lie. There'd be a rule that said that's illegal. And I'm so, and I'm so glad you're not the king. Well, <laughs> that just shows a, an inherent lack of character. No, I, I yes. disagree. But I mean, and don't tell me about how great of a rivalry is. I got to listen to it all year long. Oh, it's all about the Ray Yankees and the Red Sox. Well, if it was so big, why do they want to play for each other? That's stupid. Well, Foot, look, you can't knock a player for wanting to come play with the Yankees. You can't do that. If you foot. play for the Red Sox, that, that I can. That's that man's choice. That makes nah, them no foot. class. That makes them no class individuals. I, I, I will agree when it comes down to the ugly Sox. No class. That's right. Now, Foot. Now, since I have a question, I want to see if you change your mind. Now, since our quarterback situation for the last two years has been crazy, would you take Aaron Rodgers now? I can't stand that guy, but but you know I'd have to I'd have to I'd have to really think about it. I mean, I, again, I would love to have a guy of his potential, but man, I, that guy uh, he would drive me crazy. But but we hey, we'd be in a better situation than we have been in the last two years. Well, no, but again, the quarterbacks. I, I I you know the really. I mean, almost every, not everybody, but almost every team. If you don't have, play with a start, your starting quarterback, and you play with third and fourth string guys, are going to be bad. I mean, that's just the way it is. We got, we got to get right, right now. You know what I would take? How about a healthy starter? Like, I mean, that's such a novel. I don't even know what that means anymore. Let, I'll take a healthy starter. How about that? Like, I. Yeah, but that's not whoever it is. I'll just take a healthy starter for a change. Not this question. It's a yes or no. That's all I want to know. Well, I don't want to hear that. Y'all trying to get me in a bad mood. I don't want that. I don't. I don't need to go in a bad mood going on the way to Florida. (laughs) Two last things, foot. 
I want to say my Knicks is winning. We need to start talking about that. Oh, your Knicks, Knicks have Knicks. had you. They went west and they had some some nice performances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, no, that, we're gonna make the playoffs. This that's year. that's yeah, it's I'm, very. Wait, look, look, look it, we're still in November. Let's not talk about playoffs. But look, but um, winning. but but Ronnie, I did Ronnie notice Duke, that y'all Ronnie had two Duke. really. I did notice y'all had two really nice performances out yeah, west in Utah yeah. and Denver. So congratulations. Now, 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 when you look at Ronnie teams, Duke and um the um L.A. Fakers, they losing. <laughs> He's been quiet, <laughs> but I love it. Last question before I let you go, foot. Now, since we in this situation with our Saints losing the way we're doing and we wearing them old 1970s uniforms. Oh, that looks awesome. It's okay? it, I love those uniforms, but you think it's okay for to put them brown bags on too? The season, the way it's oh, going yeah, to wear that, the uniforms. That's, that's silliness. I, I, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't even. Time to get rid of the coaches by point. I'm not, um, I'm not into all, all, all that. That stuff's overrated. All right, let me, let me get to a break. I appreciate it. Thanks, Paul. Take a time out. We'll come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Your Alexa or Google Home speakers helps you out around the house with your lights and your music and your thermostats and, and so much more. Let it help you out getting in touch with the game. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. Do the smart thing. Have the game 1037 Lavia 1041 Lake Charles with you wherever you go, home, office, or wherever. All right. Something that I meant to talk about earlier in the week that somehow slipped through the cracks. One of the things I like to do on this show is offer a historic perspective for us old guys who maybe have forgotten things because we get old and a little closer to senility and, and as well as the younger crowd who might have never known this or experienced it. So I'd like to offer an historic perspective. There are a lot of us here around the country who are sick and tired of hearing about the 1972 Miami Dolphins. And this past weekend, the Eagles got beat by what was Monday night got beat by the commanders and so once again the living members of the 1972 Miami Dolphins celebrated and you know there are people that like you know like it they're Dolphin fans and then there are other people who get don't really care and other people get they make fun of them and how silly it is and all that stuff one of the things that I the point I want to make is I think that team was a little better for its time than I've heard some people kind of downgrade that team a little bit that have this idea that they're not as good as their record indicated. Um, Now, look, do I think they could beat a team now? No, but only because – the, the size of the human beings were so different. I mean, you know, they had off their offensive linemen right now. Back then, I mean, they're nowhere near. Now, Larry Little was big, but it's just a difference in size. But like we always say, all you can do is judge a team or a player in the era in which he played. Now, if you give all those guys the same training they have now and all of that, maybe they could. I, you know, I don't know. But here's the point I want to make. Listen to this. 
1972 Dolphins. They led the league in points scored. And they led the league in points allowed. The 1972 Dolphins led the league in total offense. And they led the league in total defense. The 1972 Dolphins were second in the NFL that year in first downs. Picked up and first in the NFL in fewest first downs allowed. That's pretty good. That's pretty close to perfect. So, again, I think some people, I've heard people that they don't really give them their maximum respect. But I don't know that that's ever happened before. What I'm saying is, I don't think it was fluke, as fluky as some people think. Yes, they only beat the Redskins 14-7 to in the Super Bowl. That is true. And they did have a couple close calls during the season. But every team does that to some extent. They still led the league in points scored and points allowed. They led the league in total offense and in total defense. That's pretty, comp- that's pretty good. I, I just think sometimes that, that team gets a little bun wrapped all these years later in the court of public opinion. And you know what? I was thinking about it 50 years ago. That's 50 years ago. So it's kind of, I, I, I remember it vividly. I mean, I was young, six years old, but I've told this story before. We had a family friend who lived in Miami and would always send us all this Dolphin stuff. So while I was a Saints fan, I, you know, I, we, I had a, I had a Bob Greasy jersey when I was when I was younger. So I, you know, I kind of you, when you're six years old and someone gives you something, you kind of wear it. Anyway, just wanted to give them a little kudos because they get a lot of uh, criticism. We'll take that's it for the first hour. Another hour to follow. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host Kevin Foot. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Simulcast on 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Again, the game hotline is 706 706-0111. 706-0111. If you would like to get in, this is the time to do it. We'll be speaking with Gerald Broussard in the next segment and then old friend Walter Guillory catching up on some things here locally. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the Astros and Major League Baseball issues as well. Love to talk baseball with Walter. Um, the um, Again, we talked about an hour ago, Cajun basketball, really nice win last night over Louisiana Tech, 94-88. to They scored 59 points. In the second half, 59 points they scored in the second half. Shot 70% from the field in the second half. And it looked like they were in trouble because Louisiana Tech for forever wouldn't miss a shot. And then in like the last 10 minutes or so, the Cajuns didn't miss too many shots. So um, missed more free throws than they shot than they did from the field probably. So very, very... Um, Impressive performance. It is Friday. It is high school football time, and we talk quite a bit of high school football during the week. 
There are 21 area Kadian area teams left, 18 games. Three of them are playing against one another, and um, I'm I right. I looked at all the games, and I'm 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 I, it's. I think there's either going to be 11. Or, I'm debating between predicting 11 or 12 winners. Man, I can't believe. Now I know we got more brackets now. Well, not as many as the last few years, but still a lot of brackets. Um, I don't know that we've ever had 12 teams on Thanksgiving week. I mean, that would be a lot. That would be a lot. And I I think it's going to be double figures. Right now I'm debating between 11 or 12 on how many area teams are going to be alive. So, man, it's it's a little on the scary side from <laughs> uh, from a organizational standpoint for someone who is a sports writer and covers the area. But – it is uh, certainly exciting for all for all these uh, teams if we get that many p- practicing on Thanksgiving week. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Kevin, I want you to have a safe, as fun as you can make it trip to Tallahassee. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I used to live there briefly when the economy went kaplooey in 86. You couldn't find work around here. I went stayed there for about six months. Wow. Wow. Uh, what I want to remark on is, I don't know, is it the fact that the sun came out? Is it the fact that uh, it's the weekend coming or whatever? I got a, a notion that the Saints are due to win, just out of the, the odds that they're due to win anyway. And what a great win that would be. I'll ask you how you like to do it. All right, Kevin. All right, thank you for the call. You know how I like to do it? Running the football. I want to run the football. The problem is they don't have any running backs. So I don't know exactly how they're going to do it unless unless they can figure out how to block Aaron Donald and Batman can do it. Uh, but I would like to do it running the football. I just hadn't figured out yet how they're going to run the football with no running backs. I don't, I don't know. That's, 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 a, that's a chore. Now, again, they, they, they have Batman, who's kind of a curveball, and at times he can run the football. And hopefully they can, of course, you got to utilize him. They also have this fast wide rookie rod receiver, Rashid Shaheen. And, and you know what? They handed it off to him about four or five games ago, and he ran 47 yards for a touchdown. I don't know that they've handed it off to him, but maybe one time since then. Maybe, that, may, may, maybe they, maybe they uh, can do that. But my my answer to the question from Mark is, look, when you're as bad right now as the Saints are and things are going as bad as I should say, as the Saints, they are, I'll take a win any kind of way. Don't get me wrong. But if you're asking me my preference, like Mark does each week, I want to run the football. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey, do you think back in the day when the Dolphins did that, you know, the undefeated thing, do you think they were that – was anybody pessimistic to say that, man, we better lose the game. I don't want to go undefeated because, you know, in the playoffs we better – do you think people are they're, – they're I, I, don't, I don't know if people understood sports that um, – like that, you know, that high a level of understanding of sports back then, but I'm sure there might have been a few. 
Now, back then, back then, NFL football was a little more like college is now in that there was a humongous difference between the top four or five teams and the bottom four or five teams. It's not that way anymore. That's why it hadn't happened since then. Yeah, because cause in 86, when the Bears, when, when Miami beat the Bears to make them you know, their only loss, I was like, I, I want to lose the game. I don't want to go through this, you know. I, and that was I was in high school, so I was like I was even thinking that in high school. I guess. Yeah, you need you need a lose. If the again the Patriots, if they had lost the game, they would they they would have won the Super Bowl the year that the the midgets beat them. But they got greedy, so you know they wanted to fight history and and uh, and the Piper got them, so that's good. So one more thing before I go. So I, I hear you talking all this cheating stuff. The NFL is cheating y'all. So my question is, if you had. A 100% healthy team this year, would you still think the schedule was bad? Like, would you still think – Well, they, I mean, the schedule – the the Would you still think they, they cheated y'all? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't matter if we won 100 or nothing. That, that, was, that was cheating. I mean, that, that, that's unfair, and, and, it was, and, and it was so avoidable. It was just awful. Yes. The answer to your question is yes. I don't yes. understand. I mean, you actually think there's somebody in the NFL sitting down in the office saying, well, we're going to cheat the Saints this week well, no. and the next week. But, but again, I, I, I really believe that if someone dies on involuntary manslaughter, y'all think the person's still alive, don't y'all? Y'all really think that? It doesn't matter whether you pre-planned it. You're still guilty through I mean, neglect. I understand that, but I mean, you're still I just can't guilty. See somebody sitting in the office. The cat is still dead. You still guilty? He's like Michael Thomas. He's, he's no longer with y'all. Have yes. A good day. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Oh, thank you for I calling. Tell you what, I tell you what. If Pete Carmichael is still in the Saints staff at the end of the season, they're going to have to fifty-one fifty me and put me in the mental ward, man. <laughs> This guy doesn't know what he's doing. And I don't know if you can demote a head coach, but we need to demote Dennis Allen back to defensive coordinator, hire Eric Bieniemy, and we need to steal Joe Brady from the Bills. What are your thoughts about that? Again, the whole Eric Bieniemy thing, I just I don't know. I mean, obviously he, he comes from, you know, the best offensive football over the last five or six years. But he, it's not – I really think that's an Andy Reid thing more than it is an Eric Bieniemy thing. I don't – I'm not saying it, it, Eric Bieniemy won't be a good head coach. It's just a little it, – it's a little worrisome to me that he hasn't gotten another job and that there are reasons why he hasn't got another job and that, well, one of them – there are many – I think there are several of them, but one of them is that, that Andy Reid is the one doing it, not really Eric Bieniemy. Uh, um you know, for about three or four weeks there, the Saints' offense over three or four weeks stretch was like number one in the NFL. But I don't, you know, it was they just they just haven't been able to get to that next level once we got out of preseason ball. And um, and part of it is injuries. I mean, they, you know, right now they're playing without three and sometimes four offensive linemen, and they don't have any NFL running backs. But no. Carmichael was certainly at times. I think he's done real well, and at other times, I think he's, he he makes me scream. Yes. So, I don't I don't know about the Joe Brady or Eric Bieniemy part, but now the one thing that Ryan said that's interesting to me is, and I've thought about this: 
is Dennis Allen. Like, if the Saints went to Dennis Allen and say, look, Dennis, this is, this is not working out. Um, how about you just go back to being defensive coordinator and we just kind of rewind a little bit and we just kind of pick up where we left off. Let's go back to Casper quits on us. Casper the quitter quits on us and you just kind of stay where you are go back to where you were and let's try to get the d let's try to stop the run okay let's try to stop the run again let's let you focus on trying to stop the run again and we'll we'll bring someone else in that's more of an offensive guy and we'll see what happens uh i wonder if he would go for that i mean i don't know i mean at that point if they get to that point, Dennis Allen has to know he's never going to get another head coach job again if that happens. I mean, I can't believe he would ever get another head coaching job again. So he needs, you know, at some point you're just like, you're facing reality. You're like, I, I am what I am. A really good, potentially a really good defensive coordinator in the NFL. There's nothing wrong with that. And so I, I wonder, I've had that thought before. I wonder if he would just go back to be in the D.C. The problem with that is if you bring in a new head coach, a lot of times, you know, they want to bring in their own guys. And more than likely, I mean, depending on who it is, more than likely it won't be Dennis Allen. Um, again, enemy is interesting. I've heard that's the second or third time this week I've heard someone bring up enemy. But my question consistently is why is enemy not already a head coach? Why? And um, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it's a little worrisome to me. We'll see how um, that plays out. But, again, Luke yesterday, and, and, you know, because Luke said it doesn't make it right, he's just giving his opinion. He doesn't know for sure. He's just guessing uh, based on his observations and his experience of covering the, 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 the team for, what, I think he said five or six years. Um, I don't think the Saints are a knee-jerk reaction kind of Oh, got to fire the guy. You know, I think if the leaders of the team say this is not Dennis's fault, then I think they'll keep him. Um, Behind the scenes, they probably know. And to Luke's point yesterday, they've you know they've been so ravished with injuries. And I saw a chart yesterday. I think they're like they were like first last year in injuries, and they're like fifth or sixth this year. And the most injuries, and it just it just never stops. It just it just never stops. And I, you know, I don't know how they're gonna stop. I mean, it, again, it's not gonna matter who the quarterback is next year. It's not gonna matter who the head coach is next year. If they don't stop getting ravished with injuries, it's not gonna happen. Like that's gotta stop. And, 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 you know, if they continue, if that keeps happening every year, like it's happened the last two or three years, I mean, it's just it, nothing's going to happen. It doesn't matter who the quarterback is. It doesn't matter who the head coach is. It does not matter. They've got to figure out a way. And, I mean, like to Luke's point, when we talked to him yesterday, some of it's just bad luck. But, man, can that all – I mean, how can, you, how can one team be that unlucky with injuries every year? It, it, I don't know. Something just doesn't add up. It just doesn't add up. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back, shift gears. Talk. I mean, we might talk a little NFL, but we'll talk Cajuns versus Florida State with Gerald Broussard next on the game. 
A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station over watching a mandated webinar at work. Oh, thank you, everyone, for coming to this exciting meeting today to discuss... Take that, productivity in the workplace. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. You can listen to your favorite Christmas classics and local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Nonstop Christmas music 24-7 on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. You can listen live at lachristmaschannel.com or download your free mobile app on both your Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. So listen to some holiday cheer 24-7 with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. All right, we have with us Gerald Broussard. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Enjoying a little cool weather. and uh, But you know, we're fat. When it's fat like that, that's a good thing. All right. I, d- I did. I was commenting to someone around here um, who lost quite a bit of weight lately in the last year or so. I'm like, man, now that you're skinny, I told him the other day, you can't be liking this cold weather. Because I remember the days when I was skinny, and the cold affected me a lot more when I was skinny now than, than it does now that I'm fat. Yeah, and I don't know if you're talking about him, but I saw CD in the booth uh, a little while back, and I told him, <laughs> so look, I know you're feeling good about yourself and everything. I'm just saying I like you better fat. <laughs> 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 but he does. He he looks really good now. And like I said, I don't know if you're talking about him. But I was. Yeah, that'll make him wish he had a pound or two. You get you guessed correct. Yes, I was. Um. Uh. All right. So, man, the more I look, the more I look into this Florida State team, I'm like, how did they lose three games? Like, there's their their offensive. No, I mean, you look at the only thing that. The only thing they're not really – they haven't been really good at, and that's maybe the explanation to what I'm saying is they're not a big turnover team. Like, they really haven't forced that many turn. – they're not winning. They win because they can stop you and they can move the football. They don't win because they force a bunch of turnovers. And uh, they're not real good at turnovers, but they're really good at just about everything else. Well, but you, you say all the time, Kev, which I tend to agree with from time to time. I won't ever say that again. But but what you do say is you can't rely on turnovers to win games, although you turnovers will make you lose them. But if you're relying on turnovers, it's hard to win that way. But I tell you what they do, Kev, they execute. I mean, they, they've got athletes that can run, and they execute what they're doing. And I think they're that, that three-game losing spell right in the middle of it. I don't, I don't know what happened. I did. And look, I, I watch with a fan's eye and, and an analyst's eye. I don't watch with a coach's eye to try and overanalyze what they did and why they did what they did. But I tell you what, they are. They're they're big. They're athletic. They can run. They play with a confidence to them. And uh, they're playing pretty good right now. I mean, they really are. They're they're they're, they're a really good football. I mean, they seem like you know they got like twenty nine sacks. They're second in the country in pass defense. They're and they're giving up one hundred and thirty eight yards on the ground. That's not that much. So like, if you're the Cajuns, like, what do you have to try to do to attack a team like that? Well, you slow the game down, and and you you. I mean, it, it, look, and, and we know, and we're not telling any secrets. If, if Florida State plays their A game and the Cajuns play their A game, it's not going to be close. 
But, but what you've got to be able to do is you've got to be able to do little things and just try and get, you know, positive plays ahead of the change and get first downs. And, and, and if you can get first downs, then you try and maneuver that into uh, just in some way trying to get points out of it and then let your de- – because your defense can run with them. Uh, you know, you're not going to be as big and as physical up front as, as Florida State is. So you're going to have to do some things to try and scheme some positive plays out of it and be patient with it. And if you happen to, because you do have a couple of players that, that, that are explosive enough to go to distance, you know, your Michael Jeffersons and, and, and uh, you know, if, if you can get him loose or, or maybe a Peter LeBron, an inside cover guy loose or with somebody's eyes uh, being in the wrong place, then, then you know you you can get those kind of things if you execute them, and uh, you know there there will be opportunities in there. It's just can you execute? And the other part of it is you're going to have to hold the pocket long enough uh, to be able to let the quarterback get it going. And um, you know it's it's going to be a challenge all the way across the board. But it starts with just staying ahead of the chains and being patient. And if you are then, then, you know, the longer you're in it, we saw this a while back when the Cajuns went and played at Florida and had a chance to beat the, the Gators over there and stuff. It, the longer you're in the game, the more chance you have to be able to be in it at the end. And if you're in it at the end, then you just play to be in it at the end and see if you can't win it. You know, that game you, you, you spoke about 10 years ago, you know, that Florida team was actually ranked seventh in the country, and they were, on, you know, only lost one game that year. The difference was... That was a D, a really good defensive-oriented team, and the Cajuns didn't do much on offense, but they scored a special – they played good defense and they scored a, a special team touchdown. The thing that scares me about this team is they have the most plays in the country of 20 or more yards. So they're, this is a good offensive team as well. No, they are. And, and, and look, I talk about their athleticism and their speed. They've got it on both sides. And so they, they do a good job up front. Their scheme is good. That's why they brought the coach in there was to run that scheme and to put athletes in that scheme. And, and they're showing the ability to execute. And when, when they're when they're clicking, they're tough to stop. But, you know, there, there are some opportunities in there if you and you're going to have to take advantage, just like you're going to have to take advantage of the, of the opportunities that you get on the offensive side. When you get a chance to make a play, you got to be able to do that. Same thing on defense. There's going to be an opportunity in there and I don't know how many, that, that you'll get to, to, to take the ball away or to cause a big play. You know, the tough thing about the quarterback is people have gotten around him. He's just hard to get down. And uh, But if you can get him down, if you can get him off point, if you can get him to throw, he'll tell you where he's going with his eyes. You just got to be there. And he's got live enough for him to get it there. But if he's a little behind it, and one thing the Cajuns have been able to do, Kevin been saying this for a few years, the Cajun secondary does a really good job catching the football when given the opportunity. And let's hope that there are some of those opportunities come Saturday morning and that or Saturday afternoon and, and that they'll, they'll be able to maximize their time with it. We're, again, we're speaking with Gerald uh, Broussard. And one of the things that seems really tricky to me that takes an incredible amount of discipline when you have a quarterback not, that not only can run but throws well on the run is at some point you have to make a decision, a linebacker or a safety or something or, you know, the star guy, or am I going to come get that quarterback or I'm going to stay back? And, and that, that's a tough – that's kind of a, a precarious position to be in. 
Well, a lot of times, even when you're in it, you know, you come out of coverage to come and stop him. Are you athletic enough to make a play in space? And 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 look, make no bones about it. He is a passing quarterback that happens to be very athletic. He wants to throw the football. He just happens to be a really good athlete and can run with it. So he wants to throw it. Uh, you know, you, you, I mean, you're going to get him off spot. He's going to move off point, And then it's going to be, can you get him to the ground? And if you are one-on-one in space, you know, a lot of times if you come out of coverage, Kev, you give up a bigger play. At some point, he's got to declare. The longer you can stay in coverage, the longer he has to, I mean, he's got to declare. Once he passes the line of scrimmage, all bets are off. Now you can come out of coverage. But, you know, you can't risk a home run in coverage to come up and stop him from scrambling for 10. I'd rather give up 10 than I would a home run. And so, you know, but until he's crossed the line of scrimmage, if you have coverage responsibilities, you got to play coverage and let the guys who don't come out of there come in and, and try and get him. And then once he passes the line of scrimmage is when that decision's got to be made for you to, to come out of coverage and then you come and try and get him out of bounds. You've been behind the scenes on both sides where you've been big favorites and you've been big underdogs as a player and as a coach, I'm sure. So when we talk about, well, maybe Florida State can sleepwalk a little bit. Uh, They've got their, you know, they're coming off a big win at Syracuse on national TV and now they're going to play Florida uh, where they're hosting Florida playing their arch rival, you know, on Friday uh, what 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 kind of goes into whether a team does a little sleepwalking or not? Do you think? Well, and this is uh, what uh, you have a term, a sandwich. I think you call it. I mean, this is this is a perfect setup for that because that was a big win at Syracuse. They did a really good job going on the road and getting that win, televised game, and all that kind of stuff. And the reality of it is, the Florida game is a huge game. They moved this thing up to eleven o'clock because you know it, it's an a, you know it's an early morning game on the ACC network. Uh, they're not trying to get a whole lot of eyes on it. I said the network did, but but I think that right now, uh, as a coach, I used to talk with Pat Washington about this when when we coached together, and and P Dub talked about how. Uh, when he was at Auburn, and Auburn would get ready to play one of the the the, the supposed you know money game teams, how Coach Die was really hard on them during practice. The difference in that is is this is the end of the year, so I don't see the coaches you know trying to beat them into uh, this is going to be a physical game. I think they're going to try and take care of them, but it's it's the mental part of getting getting the team prepared, letting them know, showing them films. Right? Look, all you got to do is go back a year when you got beat by Jacksonville State, you know, and so they right. have the the stuff that it's going to you know, kind of tell them if we don't play well, what can happen. There's also a guy over there on their strength staff that knows the cages very well. Lanier Coleman, who played for us at UL, is right. one of their strength coaches. And and he knows the Cajuns well, and, and he'll try and give some insight into the mentality that the Cajuns will be coming with. And, um, you know, but they're, they're 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who are, you know, the weather's getting a little cool. They got, they're got they wearing their winter clothes now. The, you know, they're still like girls. They're going to go chase people around campus a little bit. And then, you know, when it comes down to it, the shock of the game, if there is a shock, will set in. But, but I think it sets up well. It's a tough task for the coaches 
to be able to push and to get them mentally right. But, you know, that's, that's why they call you coach. You, you mentioned – you and they, look, they're having a really nice season. And they're like I said, their numbers, um, when you study their team, it, it's impressive. But you mentioned Jacksonville State. They're, they've, they're not that far removed from losing a lot of games the last two years and a lot of people questioning whether Florida State made a good move with, with Norville. Like, what what's the main – do you have a sense of, like, what's the main difference things that they're doing now that they weren't doing last year and the year before? They're just putting it together and they're executing with it. I think that, you know, it's, uh, some of those systems just take a minute to get into. Just like you see right now, you know, Coach Napier got off to a good start there and then all of a sudden he struggled a bit and he's going to be a 500 team at Florida and stuff. You don't anticipate that to happen long. You didn't ant- I mean, Florida State, you're right. I mean, they, 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 they come into that thing, they're struggling and all this stuff, and they're saying, man, we got rid of our coach for this guy? You know, but uh, if, if you hired him for a reason. If you give him a chance to get his people, to get his mindset, to get his his philosophies and and his all of his intricacies into his system, he won with his system. And I think that's just it. It just takes a minute for those things to start clicking. And look, those guys. You know, I don't think anybody in Louisiana anticipated them beating LSU early in the year, but they did. They came in with the mindset, and they didn't even play real well against Duquesne the week before, but they played the week before. And I think that was big. You know, it was their second game, LSU's first game. Yes. Uh, you know, you, you look at the same thing in Baton Rouge. You know, why is LSU going to lose to Florida State, who didn't, I mean, was okay, you know, but, but and then going to be able to beat Alabama a little while later during the same season? You know, it's just it, as you go along, and I do anticipate that happening in Baton Rouge too, as you go along with the guys that get their system in and, Kev, you don't. I mean, you have a spring game, but it's against yourself. You don't have any scrimmages. Everything's against yourself. Your your time to go and, and compete against others is limited. Uh, you know, to the to the fall season, you can only work on so much of that for so long. And and but as you get the years in it, and the other part of it is, you know, that transfer portal. It can help people get better pretty quick too. No, that's uh, true. With that's the right true. guys. Yes. With the right guys. Absolutely. All right. Well, look forward to seeing you over there. Uh, I'm seeing high of 59, 60, lows in the 30s. So I guess you'll have to bring a jacket for, I don't know, I hate packing all that stuff, but we'll have to do it. But we'll see You're you over there. You're in a car. That's true. You can pack your whole house. You're in a car. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> hey, I just want to know, dude, I thought you were going to take Hannah out last week. What's up with that? <laughs> you trying Never mind. I tried, and I did yeah. what I could. All right. We'll see you in Florida. Thank you. Have a safe trip. All right. Okay, bye. Thank you. We'll take a timeout. We'll be back. Shift gears. Talk to another old friend in Walter Guillory next on The Game. Which NFL MVP annoys Kevin Foote the most? Who is Aaron Rodgers? He's the most arrogant athlete I've ever seen. I think he's really, to his core, that arrogant. He really believes, why in the world are you even speaking to me? You are a lower form of human being. That kind of arrogance is what I'm talking about, and I think that's who Aaron Rodgers is. That is correct. Now, back to more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion 
Houston Astros. Before we get to our special guest, we want to remind you again, there's another great deal available at AcadianaDeals.com. You can get a $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for just $15. That's a $30 deal for half the price. Once again, visit AcadianaDeals.com today and get your $30 voucher to Mudcat Whiskers for only $15. All right, we have with us the head man of Lafayette Recreation and Parks, Mr. Walter Guillory. How are you, sir? Hey, good morning, Kevin. Now, let me guess, are, 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 do you embrace this cold weather, or are you like me and kind of wish it was a little warmer? No, I love the cold now, Kevin. When I was younger, man, and playing ball, I loved the heat, but that has changed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I know y'all got a big event this weekend. Tell me about it. Yes, well, it's, the, I believe, the 70th or 71st annual Turkey Bowl. And um, that's our youth football um, championships, and um, and we're going to uh, combine it with our NFL flag championships. So it's going to be from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Saturday at UL Raging Cajun Field that the kids will be playing tackle football and um, and flag. So is it, it uh, what's the weather supposed to be like? Well, that's a, we've taken that into consideration. As a matter of fact, I was uh, hoping that we would um, have a decision made. Uh, it's it's going to be made in about 30 minutes. And we will, um, uh, just out of courtesy, we will let our coaches know first, um, you know, what um, whether we will go ahead and play Saturday or whether we will uh, change to Sunday. But um, I just thought that we, we needed to let our coaches know first Right. Uh, no, I understand, but I'm saying, what 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 it, 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 it is going to be cold or rainy or what's the situation? Well, on tomorrow, yes, cold and rainy all day. Yes, I got you. Uh, because I'm going to be in Florida, and I hope it's not raining over there anyway. But uh, you know, we'll see how that how how, how that plays out. So, um, I mean, if for the people that want to go, does what do they need to know if, if for people that want to attend the Turkey Bowl? Well, just, I mean, show up and, um, you know, for all the Saints fans especially, um, you know, our our flag football program, we're under the umbrella of the Saints. And so all of our kids will be wearing Saints jerseys uh, that are playing. Uh, we have uh, 16 teams that will be competing um, in the, um, in the uh, for the flag football championships. And then, um, and then eight teams competing for the tackle championships. So it's going to be a, a a good day to come out and support the kids and uh, and really uh, you know uh, encourage them. I think for for the kids, you know, Kevin, uh, when I was growing up, there were some things that that were just you would just never forget. Um, and I think this event, playing at a, a college uh, on a college field will be uh, something that the kids will never forget and, and will help them with their self-esteem and uh, things of that nature. No, I, I, I absolutely. Now, I don't know that we've spoken a whole lot since the Astros won the World Series. You told me they were going to get it done. So I, how much did you enjoy watching that? Uh, very, very enjoyable. You know, uh, last year was kind of um, – I, I didn't feel too bad because Ron Washington was in it and, and, of course, you know, Dusty. So I just sit back and say, well – Whoever wins it, well, they they win it. I'd be happy for either one, 
But on this year, I think it was extra special, um, you know, for Dusty and um, the amount of time he has put in, put into the game, and um, you know, there's 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 some uh, professional athletes, Kevin, that 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 are um, just downright humble, and Dusty Baker is one of them. That um, man, you you can I know for me to call him and ask him to talk to a kid at any time, and he'll do it. Or, 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 you know, um, and so you don't find that too much with people. And, and there's a reason they say that he's a player's manager is because um, he's just so humble. And, and, and the stories he has and how difficult it was for him, you know, coming up at the time he came up with Hank Aaron and Ralph Gar um, is truly inspiring. So uh, I think for the people that know him the closest were it, extremely happy for him because if anyone deserves a, a World Series ring as a manager, it's Dusty Baker. Now, what about um, – were you surprised at all? Because I wasn't really surprised. A lot of people ex- were kind of thinking, well, he won it, so he'll ride off into the sunset. Were you surprised that he was so eager right away to do it again? Yeah. Personally, I you know, if, if I'm in his shoes, and of course – you know, we don't know. I don't know the intricate details. You know, I don't ever talk to him about stuff like that. But to me, man, if I was him, I'd have said, "Okay, I want a front office job, and <laughs> and I'm I'm, I'm gonna ride off into the into the sunset and and be assistant general manager." And, um, and you know, that's what I would have done. But I think he sees something that you know this team has a ch- a very good chance to repeat. Uh, with all the, the the key ingredients that are going to be back, um, man, when was the last time we had a, a baseball team to repeat? Oh, I think you got to go all the way back to the Yankees, I would think. I'd have to, yeah, yeah. So, so maybe he saw that and saw that you know, hey, this team can you, you know. So maybe that was his thinking along those lines. But to answer your question, yeah. I was. That's what I would have done, man. I'd have been sitting in that front office and be at home games and and just in really enjoying life, you know. All right. So uh, as far as the Lafayette Recreation and Parks, I mean, is basketball underway, or what's the situation? Uh, how does that all yeah, the next just, set of seasons go? To, yeah, just to get to to finish off football again, we're inviting people to come out, uh, you know, this weekend to to Raging Cajun Field, and also on Monday night. The UL football team is given a clinic for our kids at Clark Field, and it's a free clinic. Um, uh, uh, Troy Ringarder has has worked, has been communicating with me on that, and um, that's going to be on Monday, November 21st, from about 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. The football team, members of the team, are going to come out, and it's a free clinic. So anyone, any kid can come and participate, boy or girl from ages about 8 to 17 and, and, and get some free, uh, valuable lessons from um, from the UL football team. Well, Speaking of basketball, yeah. we partnered with the, with the New Orleans Telecons, um, similar to what the partnership we have with the Saints related to flag football. And so we will be wearing Pelican uniforms, and, um, and we will look, particularly during the offseason, to get some of the Pelican players to come down. But we will be... Uh, in the junior NBA program, and we will be under the umbrella of the Pelicans, and we, we're excited about that because you know, Kevin, that gives our kids a chance to 
to to at some point be able to talk to some of the Pelican players, go to games. Um, and so that's we're very excited about our junior NBA um, basketball program. Well, it sounds like things are going well. Hope uh, everything goes well this weekend. Um, I mean, it, it, it sounds like a successful season y'all just had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good season. And like I said, this we, you know, we're going to have some fun with the kids. You know, they're going to get to run run out of the tunnel. They're going to get their names announced. We're going to do other, other little special things for them. We're also going to have some uh, special guests, uh, you know, that have committed to come. Uh, Clarence, Dan, we've talked to Wade Ritchie, uh, P.D. Boothard, um, uh, um, Shannon Clavell, all former NFL players will be roaming the sidelines. Uh, encouraging our kids as well. So it's going to be a fun-filled weekend. All right. Well, we appreciate your time as always, sir. Uh, Thank you very much, and good luck to y'all. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Walter Guillory, Director of Lafayette Recreation and Parks, and they're going to have the Turkey Bowl. Sounds like the weather could complicate things, so maybe maybe they'll, they'll move it to Sunday. We'll see how that plays out. That'll do it for this We'll time, take your time out. We'll come back, finish out today's show next on The Game. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on The Game. Uh, once again, want to remind you, if you have not joined The Game Clubhouse by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, what are you waiting for? You could win a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino a resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel Kitchen there, as well as a $50 gift certificate to have Shell Oyster House. All kind of great prizes. Those regulars are, the, are ones that come up from time to time. You can't win if you don't join the Game Clubhouse. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about high school football. I said that I was deciding between 11 or 12. And, I, you know, the reason why I say that is the way I do it is I say, okay, let, which ones do I feel really, really good about? Where more than likely the team's going to win. More than like a toss-up kind of analysis. Okay, I put them in the win. And uh, more than likely these teams are going to lose. So I'll put them in then. In this case, there's about four games where I'm like, uh, I don't know. This seems I could easily see it going either way. On paper, it looks like a pretty even matchup. Typically, in an even, you know, if you have four even matchups, normally it's like, you know, you figure that you're going to lose two and win two. It doesn't always work that way. So there's about four. I'm, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I could see it going this way. I could see it going this way. And, um, I'm going to um, kind of gonna go on the side since I've been kind of underrating. I didn't think we'd have 21 teams left, and we do. So I've been kind of underrating the area. So I'm going to go with 12. I'm going to say 12 winners. 12 Acadiana area teams. Well, we know you're going to have at least three. And you know the most you could do is 18. That's if everybody wins. That's not going to happen. But um, – I'm I'm gonna say twelve. I'm gonna say twelve teams practicing on Thanksgiving week, which is in this state, it's it's the way people think. It's it's kind of like a 
a badge of courage, I guess, a kind of like a, an accomplishment, practicing on Thanksgiving week. And it's different because there's no school. And a lot, most of the coaches, I guess not everyone, but most coaches from memory, they kind of practice in the morning, including Thanksgiving morning uh, and, and preparation for that Friday night game. So um, next week, it'll be interesting. Now, what I don't know is going to happen, and I've asked this question, Southside High plays its home games at St. Martinville. St. Martinville is still in the playoffs. Now, they, they're one of those 50-50 matchups that I was talking about. I could see St. Martinville winning because they're very good, and I could see Lutcher winning. They're 10-1 and playing at home, and Lutcher won a lot of playoff games at home over the years. So if St. Martinville wins, I don't know exactly what they're going to do there because it's kind of hard to play on Thursday because it's Thanksgiving. I guess you could, but eh, most – Coaches and ADs kind of front on that a little bit, so we'll see how that plays out. But first, you got to both teams got to win, and we'll, we'll worry about that when it's time to worry about that. But, but no, I'm gonna I'm gonna predict twelve winners. And again, uh, if you weren't listening earlier and you're a high school football fan, and maybe your team is not playing, or they've been eliminated, or they're playing a long way from home, and you're not planning on traveling, lots of high school football in the area to go to. You could go to Southside High at St. Martinville, like I talked about just now. They're hosting 13th seed uh, North Shore. The game of the night in the Acadiana area is number nine seeded Acadiana at number eight Karen Crow. And by the way, that Southside game could be heard on 107.1 FM, Mustang 107.1 FM. The uh, Karen Crow game, the Karen Crow version of the Acadiana Karen Crow game could be heard on Z1059 and the Acadiana version of the Acadiana Karen Crow game tonight can be heard on Me TV FM 977 FM 1330 AM and of course all these games on your free mobile app if you signed up for that. Another home game, Iota at Brobridge. We talked with Coach Lockhart earlier this week about that matchup. North Vermillion is hosting Church Point tonight in Leroy. We talked with Coach Blakey about that matchup. Turlings Catholic is at home, the two seed against 15 Carver. The 11 seed, McDonough 35 against Lafayette Christian um, tonight. Uh, other home games, St. Thomas Moore at home against Helen Cox. And of course, you can hear that game right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette. Opelousas is at home against 14 seeded Lakeshore. Coached by Brent Indes, so that'll be an interesting matchup and see if Opelousas, they they have knocked down a lot of doors and created some history uh, this year with their program. Will they be able to win that game uh, and really make it a, an extra special season as a three seed? Notre Dame is at home against a normally very talented Lake Charles College prep team, uh, and Vermilion Catholic is at home, the one seed scheduled against Cedar Creek, the 16 seed, undefeated on the season, expected to win. Um, so those are you got a lot of good choices if you're a local high school football fan and you would like to go to a game tonight. Got lots of um, good choices to choose from. So we'll see how high school football plays out again. I'm predicting 12 winners. We'll see how that plays out. Obviously, we've got the Cajuns tomorrow. We talked with Gerald about it uh, a little, you know, earlier in this hour. Uh, 24-ish point underdogs. And then you've got LSU playing. Man, 8 o'clock start. It's so late against UAB. And we'll see how those two favorites handle 
those um, you know, those spreads, which are I think last I heard LSU was about a fifteen ish point favorite. We'll see how that plays out. So and then of course the Saints at home against the Rams. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know how in the world the Saints are going to block Aaron Donald, but if they figure out how to block Aaron Donald, they have a decent chance of winning maybe if they don't turn over the football or if they can find an NFL running back. Oh, y'all have a nice weekend.